This is Claiming Your Voice with Janice Garrard. In this podcast, I feature guests with stories of hope, inspiring others to claim their voice in a world where we can be bold together. Tonight, my guest is Glenda Howard-Siever, and she has been adopted from South Korea, and she has decided to write a book telling about her life experiences. And the title of the book is Adopted Kids Need Love Too, and it is due out sometime in the near future. Welcome, Glenda. Thank you. How old were you when you were adopted from South Korea? Um, I was adopted um, at a very young age. I would have to say maybe a year. A year old? Okay. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is, from what I'm understanding, is that my adoption came from um, Seoul, South Korea. You know, Sude Moon. It was through the, uh, the Catholic Charity. Um, they were the ones that were there on the border. And I guess that was um, Switzerland adoption. Hmm. Switzerland was in there at the time. Really? And, so what um, year was this? I would have to say 1962 is when I was born. Okay. Okay. I think um, nine months when I was adopted. Okay. So you wouldn't have remembered anything about coming over and life before the United States. So can you tell us about uh, the family that you were adopted into? Well, hmm, interesting. Um, I believe that my parents loved me from when I was growing up. I, I saw my parents fight a lot and the drinking. Remind you that my father was Air Force. He was in the Air Force. Um, he did a lot of drinking. He was in, a, in a, um, the Briggs a lot. Mm. Um, the MPs came to the house. I don't know. He was just very, he got very abusive and with my mother. And I just, um, I had to be the grown up between my father and my mother. I had to come in between them and stop the fights. So how old were you, uh, when this all started? Was it as far back as you could remember? Uh, I would have to say at least five, five years old. That's a lot of responsibility to place on a child. Well, you know, somebody had to do it. How do you feel about that? Do you feel that, I mean, are you resentful of it? Do you feel like it made you stronger? I was very angry at first. Um, but my, um, how do you say it? I was, um, lost for words right now. Um, they, I have forgiven them. Because I have to, down deep inside, no matter what, they're still my parents. And no matter what harm or whatever that came in with the family, all I can say is that my family, I I would forgive them. I have forgiven them, but for a long time, I didn't. I was very angry with them. Are they still living? No, my father passed away and my mother passed away. You say you had to forgive them. And I've heard people say, you don't have to forgive that it's a choice. So can you tell me about that? Down deep inside of my heart, I I have forgiven them for everything that happened to me, everything that happened to my mother. It's just the way I feel that I have forgiven them. And God, in God's eyes, I can't hate them no, no matter what, what I went through with them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My parents are my parents. What happened it has 
woken me up to become a better parent. That's what it did. So that you didn't make those same mistakes and yes. you had that awareness of what was going on and you didn't want to make those same mistakes. Exactly. That's what I'm hearing. Okay. So exactly. how long, or I guess my question would be, what happened that brought you to the point of forgiveness? Because you said you were angry for a long time. So what yes, happened? Yes, I was very angry. I was very angry for a very long time that everything that happened to me is from my parents. And as I went through life, um, I did go to a church. Um, how do you say it? I had asked the minister why I had gone through so much that I did. He said that I have to look at the other side, that things might have happened the way it did, but also down deep inside my heart. I have to forgive them because if I hold on to that hate and go with that hate when I die, it's not good either. Mm -hmm. So that's why I released it and say, well, it's my parents. So tell me about how then, how that anger affected you before and then how uh, did it? It destroyed me. Okay. It really destroyed me. I couldn't even talk about it. The way my life was going but then things started turning around, started changing. Me forgiving them and me opening my heart. And it made me realize that, you know, my parents, you know, I still love them no matter what happened. And, and I see it in God's eyes that I can't hate anymore. And I can't be angry because being hate and angry is not going to bring anything back. And it's not going to change anything. The only way it's going to change if I change. And that's what I did. And changing through choosing to forgive. And then yes. how did your life change after you made that choice to forgive? It changed a whole lot. I became a better person. And I, I, I saw what I went through in my childhood that I would never, ever wanted my kids to go through. And that's exactly what I did. I became the better person as I saw what my parents did. And what my parents were doing. Mm. So I think I'm a lot stronger now. I can talk about this now. And, and I can talk about it without crying. And without being upset. Because I'm facing it. And that's what I want to do now. So were you raised as an only child? Yes, I was the only child. Um, they didn't adopt anymore. I had a lot of good things when I was young too. They did do things with me and. The only thing we never did was Father's Day. That was never even in the house. We did Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving was okay. Mm -hmm. It just became a part of a disaster sometimes, fight at the table. And it's like, you don't want to hear that either, you know? So it sounds like they, for, for themselves, they lacked in their ability to be decent human beings to each other. They yeah, had it's really weird because it's really weird how that how that came about. They're just, I don't know, they just changed a whole lot as I was growing up. Dad became more abusive. He would um, beat my mother. And I, I remember I used to have to go in the room and hide. But then I finally said, no more. I can't take it. I got in the middle of it. You know, I of course, I, I've got strikes on me. But, you know, I just 
couldn't tolerate it anymore. So finally, did your mother leave the situation? I Okay, this the last time I knew I was in school, I guess there'd been a big fight because when I came home from school, the house was like like somebody had ransacked it. So there was must have been a big, huge fight. Um, the police came, of course, when I got home. They took me. The dog, I don't know where the dog went. We had a dog. My poor dog, I don't know where he went. But um, we ended up in a home. Of course, my mother couldn't support me. So her friend took me. But her friend was just as bad. Her friend started abusing me afterwards and saying that um, I need more child support from your father. And I'm like, I don't understand all that, you know. So I asked her to let me move back to my father, knowing that he was sick and I knew he couldn't hurt me anymore. But she didn't do it. So I just How old were you, Gwenda? How old were you when this happened? I would say maybe seven, maybe Mm -hmm. earlier younger than that because I remember in kindergarten um dad was abusive started being abusive then and he was air force so did you were you in another country or here in the no, states? here in the states okay uh we lived in Goldsboro, North Carolina did any of your teachers ever suspect this was going on you know or- back then I don't even think they care uh you got to remember how long it goes way back Back then, child abuse wasn't even thought of, I don't think. Or if it was, they never even stepped in. Hmm. I think, too, uh, people would say, well, they're just disciplining their kids. And this is the way it is. Yeah. Nobody ever stepped in. That's the thing back then. They started stepping in after um, my mother was taken away. Okay. That was the age of 15. So where was your mother taken? As far as I know, it was a, a group home because I went in one because they separated us and put me in the girls' group home. I stayed there for a while. So what caused that to for that event to happen, for your mom to, and you to be taken away? Probably she finally got, got smart and said, I had enough of it. Mm. The abuse went on for so long. You know, even when I started learning things in school, it, it the abuse was there with my father. You know, it's all it's really all in the book. I, I don't I won't get into details, but all I know is that the abuse was there. There was times I got in the tub and my body would be hurting. And I think it was hurting because it had like maybe sores from the beating. But, you know, I even got spanked by a switch too okay but like i said that's all everything of of that it's in the book so writing this story how do you feel has it been healing for you to write about your story i think it has i i really do i think it has i'm still in the healing process but this is the beginning for me for me to bring it out to talk about it to let others that went through abuse, see it, that there's nothing we can control, but we can, we can get over it and we can deal with it in our own way. And that's what I'm doing. But me coming out like this is dealing with it. And that's why I, I um, got my book and um, I dedicated it to the adoption to all mm-hmm. the kids.
for all the adopted kids, no matter what country they're in or what state. Mm -hmm. this because is, we're all as one. Your story is very heavy. Oh, it is heavy. Let me tell you, wait till you get a hold of that book. It's heavy. <laughs> Uh, my editor read it and she says, oh, my God, Glenda, I cannot believe what I'm reading. But she said your story is going to be a story. So how familiar I'm going to jump here. How familiar are your children with your story? And was it my difficult to tell them about it? My children know that um, I was abused and that I try to bring them up different from what my parents brought me up. And I tell my kids all the time that I loved them like I never got that from my parents. I told my kids that if I was to die today, tomorrow, or whenever, or whenever God's ready for me, you guys know I loved you and you know what I went through. And what I went through is survival. That's what I call it. Well, I want to tell you, thank you for sharing. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I am welcome. really looking forward to reading the book. My, my editor, she is like my sister. I love her to death because she, she gives me so much good advice. When I'm down, she's right there. And she knows when I'm down because I tell her. And she brightens my day up. By giving me verses from God and I just that just telling me that I've got a story and that she loves me with everything that I've gone through she said it's it's a good one I think what makes it great is that you are able to have that forgiveness toward people that were not kind to you and they were supposed oh. to take you in and give you a home with security but they certainly didn't do that Nope, I became the security instead. I became the, the parent. I became the fighter. I became the one that tried to stop everything as best as I can. That was my childhood growing up with my parents. My mother didn't work. She wasn't smart enough, I don't think, to work. My mother's friend gave her a job on the base where we live, and that, that's how she stayed um busy she sold avon she sold tupperwares so she could do a direct sales job so correct correct to make a little money so that was a good thing for her yeah it was a good thing but as long as my father wasn't home you know all the fights and everything and it's embarrassing you know so you was know, he discharged fighting absolutely um, eventually he retired Oh, he did retire. So he wasn't kicked out or? No, yeah. uh, he retired after 22, 23 years in the Air Force. That in itself is interesting that he was able to maintain a position in the military. I don't know, but he, he was. Glenda, you were the hero. You are the hero of your own story. And you are the hero of you know, your family. Yes. And that's a very, very, very um heavy thing to carry on, on, on one's shoulders. Like I, it was carrying on mine. No siblings, just me. What would you say to yourself if you could go back in time and the older Glenda now, what would you say to the child Glenda? I would want everything to be different. 
I would want my my father to be more pleasant, more better than he was. My mother's a little more wiser and smarter and de can defend herself. But um, just life. That's life. What so it now, is, and you just have to, you just go, go and, and, and do the best you can. So what is your view on adoption and especially inner country adoption about South Korean children being given to American families? What is your view? My view on that? It should have never happened. When I was young and back then, because of the poverty or, or or the mothers who were pregnant early and the family didn't want them because the, the, the girls were pregnant early, who knows? You know, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I just know that I, I was very angry with Korea, though, for a long time, for South Korea for giving me away like that to another country. I start I stopped do um stop being resentful after I did a DNA test. That was a couple of years ago. Can you imagine carrying that long of being angry with your own country? I was very, very, very angry. When I went to go look for the family, I couldn't find them. They said that they didn't have me um listed anywhere. I even went through the police where they do DNA in Sudamoon. Nope, they didn't come up with me either. The only thing that Kat told me that they think might have happened when the charity moved out of there, they took all their paperwork and it could have been got lost in a fire because you have to remember back then, they didn't have all the technology as they have today. And back then, it's very hard when you were born back in that time and at the end of the war, you know, of North Korea and South Korea. And so when I did the DNA, it just uh, said that um, I'm Korean and I have just very 3% of Japanese in me and that's it. And then the first thing popped in my mind, oh my God, did they get rid of me because I was a little bit of Japanese? What was it? You know what I'm saying? Everything went through my mind like, why didn't he even give me up? Did my mother die during childbirth? Why was my family, uh, my mother's family taking care of me before they gave me away? I, you know, things like that. I was just very angry. But then I learned not to be angry with South Korea either anymore. I want to go there. I want to go there and see my country. And I'm going to go there next year sometime and see my country. I have a lot of friends there waiting for me waiting to meet me and, and to see me. I think that's wonderful. And by that time, your book will be finished and you can take copies there and distribute them among your I friends. My, I know my one friend goes, oh, Glenda, I can't read um, American. <laughs> <laughs> I said, somebody will get in, in Korean for you. Yeah, maybe someday you'll get it translated. We're hoping to get this out next year. I can hardly wait to read the book. And we're about out of time here. And I want to thank you again for being a guest. And well, thank you for having me. And I want to say thank you to everybody. If you're listening to this, thank you. And God bless you. And I love everybody. Thank you, Glenda. Thank you.